Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, let's bring him in. What's up, PB? What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? What's up? How are you, buddy? Good. What's the word? What's the talk around town? Well, the Hogs back to relevancy with the win this weekend. Big game against Tennessee tomorrow. Hogs certainly have a lot of correcting to do from the first time around. They will be at Bud Walton, which will help immensely. What do you see as keys to the game for Arkansas and Tennessee tomorrow? Well, um, the thing Tennessee will do is they've got great length. They've got great size. They've got the ability to beat you up in the paint. Uh, Coach Musselman talked about their point guard. That's one thing they have uh, been a little inconsistent with just because both of their backcourt guys are freshmen. So with that, there's a ch- they've, they've had games where they've made just crazy turnovers. Uh, so that is possibly an area where you say we would have an advantage. Put some pressure on them and see if we can't create some points off of turnovers and because they they have the ability to take advantage of everything we have in the paint. So how are we going to neutralize that? How are we going to get those possessions back? Um, that's going to be key, man. They, he, a, that's a real long athletic team. Um, I mean, their backcourt's, you know, 6'3", six, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, then they, they can, you know, then they go – Six seven six eight and then six ten. So it's uh, it's going to be difficult to to beat them up. So you're going to have to make this a full court game. And they're a very slow team too. They want to just kind of slow it down, take our time, um, <clears throat> and wear you out. Which it's a battle of wills tomorrow, fellas. It's going to be a battle of wills. It, Pat, to me, this is almost the game where Arkansas has to be on offensively, shoot the ball really well, and outscore Tennessee. And when I say that, I mean like you're going to have to beat them scoring 70-something points, 78-75. They didn't have the weapons to do that in Knoxville the other night. But with Joe back, if they have a shooting game like they did against Missouri, to me that's their best chance, outscoring them. Because they're not going to win this game, to me, 68-65 against Tennessee. No, no, Tennessee um, – well, Tennessee is one of the best defensive teams, and a lot of that has to do with how they play their offense. It's going to be limited possessions. Uh, they also – one thing that's similar, too, is they play – you know, you heard Coach Musselman talk about how the margin for error is very small for the Hogs because of the known weaknesses they have. I mean, they can't afford to have – you know, they can turn it over, but they can't afford to have too many turnovers. They can't afford to have everybody shooting bad on the same night. Um, or even, you know, foul trouble. They, they, they cannot afford to have um, multiple guys in foul trouble. And that's, that's another issue on the other side of things that, that could hurt them is uh, Tennessee is so physical, they come at you. It's we're going to have to play defense without fouling. And it's just, you know, the numbers are short anyway, but you cannot have multiple guys fouling out. Pat, I was marveling at Isaiah Joe's return the other day. Not only did he shot the ball well, but he played 38 minutes in the game. It was a little surprising to me, and I know there are other ways to get your cardio in when you've got a leg injury like he did, but I was I was very impressed by that. I know he's 
probably fresher than some of the other guys because he's missed five games, but I thought that was a, as impressive as anything else he did the other day. Yeah. Well, it's weird how, you know, he is coming off of a knee injury, but he's got fresh legs. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, for a guy that's had to endure about as difficult uh, defenses night in and night out as him, uh, you know, and he has. I mean, there's very few people, you know, in the country that has been <clears throat> paid so much attention to when um, when he had the ball. So that, that, that helped for sure, I think. You know, we were all kind of a little surprised that he was able to put it together his first game back. Uh, but then again, we sh- probably shouldn't have been surprised. I mean, he, uh, you know, he, like you said, he can stay in shape, which he did. I'm sure he shot a bunch of shots. Um, and Coach Musselman was, and his teammates knew they needed him, so they just found him in rhythm. Uh, and he And he delivered big time. When you look at what Joe brings defensively and then depth for this team, all of a sudden now they can play five guards at a time or coach can just rest a guard or he can bench a guard because he's not playing well. What what do you think is the biggest factor of having Isaiah Joe back? Joe. Well, I think first of all, you you know, from an offensive standpoint, just having him on the floor, just having the ability for coach Musselman to have someone to call a play for and you know i mean and have the defense respect it you know that's you know with mason jones i think everybody in the defense knew okay we're gonna drop a play for him who do else do we have to worry about nobody really i mean every once in a mm-hmm. while yeah a guy will hit a shot but you really have to make sure that mason jones coming off a high ball screen contain him force him to take a tough shot don't allow him to get to the to the lane, and if you can do that, then we get a pretty good shot. You know, now it's another element to it with Isaiah Joe there, and from a you know he's at six five, he's gonna have to he's going to have to rebound. He's gonna have to get on the defensive glass. Whether that, uh, however they do it, you know, having another guy in there because without him, who's getting most of the minutes? I mean, I know Ethan Henderson had played some minutes, and but. You know, like Musk said, you know, you can put five guards out there, which doesn't necessarily mean you got to get beat up on the glass. Um, but you got to be quicker to the ball because you'll at every position, you'll probably be the be quicker, from point guard all the way, you know, one to five. Your matchup, uh, the Razorbacks probably be quicker, so they should be able to get to the ball quicker. You know, when it comes off the rim, the 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 bad thing is Tennessee takes shots close to the rim they run their offense so when you take in and missing you know four or five footers those rebounds don't come off the rim as far as like the, you know the 25 footers so that that's going to be another challenge too when you look at the remaining schedule for arkansas tennessee at home they hit the road play at georgia come back play lsu at home and finish on the road against a&m how many wins do you see well, take care of home, right? What's that? Two. Who do we play on the road? We have Georgia. Georgia. A and M is on the road at the end. Georgia A and M. Now all winnable games. Um, <laughs> with that being said, hmm. you know, I mean, I could give you a prediction, but will you really remember it in two weeks? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, they split. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> tell me. All right, I'll tell you who wins. Split. I'll tell you who wins if you tell me how they play. They're going to play good. 
All right. <laughs> if it's just good, then I'll go. I'll take the home games. But if <clears throat> you know, if they're creating turnovers, if they're create, causing havoc, um, you know, I would like to say if X Y Z happens, um, you know, like with Georgia, Georgia wants to get out in transition. Um, they've got Georgia's one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league. Hmm. They've got talent, um, but you know they're they got nine freshmen. <laughs> Texas A and M is they they have put together quite a conference play. I mean, Buzz Williams he switches defenses. They're active. They're tough. They're physical. So that's another game where you can get beat up. And they got a, a huge Josh Nebo is monster in the paint. Um, I just don't know. You know, he's the kind of guy that, yeah, in the first half, you may be able to switch. You may be able to sort of uh, trick them a little bit into not being able to get the ball to him. But I don't know if you can do that all game long. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, A&M's obviously playing well. They've won three in a row. Uh, Georgia's yeah. won a couple games in a row. We'd sort of ridden them off for dead, and then all of a sudden they – Back from the dead, they were revived, so they're they're playing pretty well right now. And Arkansas's two toughest games left, you know, it looks like are at home with LSU and, and Tennessee. Although I don't know if Tennessee's better than AM right now or not. We're gonna find out uh, on Wednesday. But um, okay, so worst case scenario, they split. I mean, if that's the worst case, I guess that's not the worst case. Worst case is they lose all four. But if Arkansas doesn't make the NCAA tournament, does this this team? benefit from an NIT bid? I mean, I know we it's kind of a cliche question, but I mean, is there a lot of upside for this team knowing that it's going to be a completely revamped roster for next year? Yeah, that's that's that is going to be the tricky situation. Um I would tend to say that they would still just because you know, I I don't know because you're right, if Isaiah Joe doesn't come back, Adrio Bailey's gone, um, you know, Mason Jones may be the only one that can you get what four or five guys sitting out. Sill is gone. Um, Jimmy Witt. Jimmy Witt is gone. Is Jalen Harris so, done? This is last year. No. Hmm. Is he a junior? Yeah. When, he's a junior. So I could. He may not be back, but I shouldn't say you know, that. Yeah, but I could see how. You know, and that's that just goes to to Coach Musselman. You know, I don't know him well enough to get a get a feel on if he's sort of like, hey, let's let's trim the fat, let's let's focus on next year, and um, or if he if he sees playing games still part of encouraging the fan base, uh, winning a few, you know, ending the season on a few couple good wins you know i think if they can get to new york city you know that just kind of puts a um a, a good you know positive feel on his first season maybe he's thinking that you know maybe he wants people to think that they they did get to the postseason not the ncaa but they're building towards something so maybe that image is, is something that's good for him um because it doesn't look like you know it's it, you know some teams that don't go to the NIT as uh, we found out before if they're just all going in their own direction it's just not good for anybody but that this doesn't seem like that team. You know I think the NCAA ought to allow players that are ineligible 
to play in postseason tournaments, not including the NCAA tournament. That'd be a good idea. There you go, Wes. Bring that up to the top, man. Yeah, I mean, it's for preparing for next season. We've all come to understand, right, that that's why teams are more willing to play in the NIT is so that they can prepare their mm-hmm. team for the next season. So let those guys that, yeah, were ineligible during the year play in postseason play. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Because you may have some guys who are preparing for the draft and don't want to play, and so you could you know, exchange those spots for guys who are going to be eligible for the next year. That is a nifty idea. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. How many teams do you see getting into the NCAA tournament from the SEC as of right now? Um, eh, Probably five. And that's the thing is you look at Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, probably the teams that have – the best shot with Mississippi State and Alabama. And, you know, the the issue is how do you get those quadrant one wins? And, you know, just looking at their schedules, that's what it's all about now is, you know, Alabama plays at Mississippi State. So Alabama wins tonight, they're in pole position. If, um, you know, let's say South Carolina still got Bama and, and Mississippi State left on their schedule, so they'll get a chance to sort right. things out for themselves. Right, so the, one of those teams looks like is going to get knocked out, whether it's South Carolina, Alabama, or Mississippi State, because you know Saturday South Carolina would say, yeah plays Alabama, and then um, so you would think the way things set up, um, you know, Mississippi State has has a has a dang good roster. Mm-hmm. Um, they get Ole Miss to close out the season at home. So Alabama and South Carolina play that last game on the road. So uh, I, I would say overall you would think it would be Mississippi State, but I don't know, man. There's something about them <laughs> that you, you just can never – you can never be too confident in what they're going to do. What game did you do um, Saturday, Pat? I did – it was Ole Miss-Alabama. You were there. Okay. How do you? Yeah. How did they yeah, give up 58 good. points in the second half? What in the world happened over there? <laughs> um, Ole Miss is – struggles. They've Their bench has not given anything. So it's basically three guys, four guys. And Brian Tyree yeah. ended up – you know, he, he's got to do so much. And they Alabama did a really good job defensively forcing tough shots and then they you know they've been looking for a big guy and they found a couple of their big guys played really well smith and davis and they were rebound and then alabama does such a good job of spacing you out because they do have five guys that can shoot the three and they'll space you out and they'll try to dribble right in for a layup if you try to help they can pitch out quick for a three and when that offense starts to to roll, oh man, it's just they 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 can score very quick in bunches because they got quick triggers. That doesn't mean they take bad shots, but they they all know where to get in position quickly to create the spacing needed. So when you catch it, you're gonna be able to have time to catch and shoot. Um, they're a fun team, man. They they they're gonna be. That that is going to be rolling. Now they got one of the best point guards in the country, Kyra Lewis Jr. Um, he helps. That helps. But they they got a kid sitting out this year from Villanova, 
who's an absolute beast, guard, can shoot it, penetrate. So they, they're going to be tough for years to come, Alabama. How far do you see Kentucky? Is this a Final Four team, Elite Eight team? I, yeah, no question. There's no question. The, the, the issue is, you know, they're, they're, I would say, and everyone talks about them inability to shoot, but they've shown that they can. If they need, you know, they've shown that they've got the ability. There's enough guys on that team. If they're making shots, they can make eight in a game, ten in a game, eleven in a game. Um, they just don't shoot a bunch of them. So with that, they defensively, they can be elite defensively because they got three big guards and they got big Nick Richards in the paint at six eleven blocking shots. Um, I would say the 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 biggest thing for them is if Ashton Hagens, Tyrese Maxey, Manuel Quickly, if they can get, because uh, they're good players. Tyrese Maxey's the most talented, but Hagens is a good player. He he needs to be more of a, a, a facil- like a dominant point guard, like really be a menace, get in the lane, drive and dish, one of those type of guys. Um, he shows moments where he can do that. But, you know, I mean, in the NCAA tournament, We've seen time and time again, of course, yeah, to win national championship, you need a you know team of great length. You've got to be able to shoot it, but you've got to have a guard that sort of just can dissect the defense on dribble penetration whenever he wants, get to where he wants. So, like I said, if he's shown he he's glimpses of that. Um, for them to make a run, he's going to have to do that. You can't just dribble it up, throw it to the right, throw it to the left. Is Nick Richards open? Okay. Tyrese Maxey tries to penetrate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're going to be more decisive and get his team in in some kind of an offense that can strike. Uh, But they've got, listen, they've got the talent to win a national championship. That doesn't doesn't mean it's one of his best and most talented teams. That's just, you know how it is. If things click, I mean, look at Auburn. Look at Texas Tech last year. I mean, those, they came out of nowhere, really, and it was because they were able to impose – their will and their style on whoever they were playing against. PB, appreciate it, buddy. Where are you this week? I am down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> How about that, huh? Kirby Smart just came and just just stole Nick Saban's uh, strength and conditioning coach. You guys see that? Yeah, I heard Baz talking about it. He was supposed to do a sh- hit down there, I think, on one of the shows. And they canceled him because they were freaking out about it. It was apparently this guy's like it's a the, weird deal. He's like the motor that runs the ship down there. Apparently, yeah, but I don't know. He's a big deal. He, here's my question though: So you have the strength and conditioning coach, and the more you look into this guy, Scott Cochran, he's been there for a while. He has been credited uh, with being such a big piece of Alabama's success, right? Mm-hmm. Because strength and conditioning coaches. They can spend more time. They're not limited to the time that they can spend with the players in the offseason. So they're important. You know, a regular coach, a position coach, is limited with what they can do. So now the strength coach becomes important because he's got a day-to-day influence on the players. But he's hired to be the special teams coach at Georgia. Now, I don't know. Is he, like, Georgia is one of the elites. Right. Right. Is he one of the best special team coaches in the world, college football? I don't know. No, because Arkansas just hired him away from Georgia. Their special teams coach? Yeah. 
So the, isn't it weird, though? Do you think Kirby Smart is like hired him knowing he wanted to be on the field coach, but also just to try to take a bite out of Nick Saban in the machine? Well, I think part or of he, it is he's like, okay, we get his uh, strength and conditioning expertise. And let's be honest, I mean, if he dedicates a lot of time to special teams, I think that's just a commitment thing more than anything. Uh, I think he'll probably be just fine. So I don't know. They say special teams coaches. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I was surprised when a special teams coach was hired as the head coach of the New York Giants. And then the more you read into it, the more you see how important, you know, because they got to deal with so many different sides of the ball. It's not just a position, you know, it's not just coaching cornerbacks doing the same thing. It's multiple things that these guys have to be able to coach, which I think is pretty fascinating. It's almost like a head coach within a team. On the special team side, yeah, it's it's an important role, but I, I gotta think if you're a you're an accomplished coach of any sort, that if you dedicate all your time to special teams, you can do a pretty good job with it. I don't think it's the same as calling plays or even calling a defense. So, Lane Kiffin tweeted out yesterday that he uh, loved the hire first of all, and thought Cochran one day will be an excellent head football coach. That he has that kind there of future in front of him. Very good. Well, all right, I guess he was wanted to be on the field, so that's that seems like a. That answers that question, then. Step in the right <laughs> direction. So, PB, we'll see you Wednesday night on the SEC Network, and then Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and South Carolina. Be a fun matchup. That's a big game for those teams. Right. It is. Good times. Good times abound. All right, buddy. We, All right, boys. We appreciate you, you, brother. All right. See you. All right, Pat Bradley.